You're listening to the official ABC Once Upon a Time podcast, and I'm your host, Estelle McGecky, and I'm joined by Adam Horowitz and Eddie Kitsis, the creators and executive producers of Once. Hello again. Hello. Hello. It was a great episode last night, and it opened with the seven dwarfs at the Storybrooke city limits. Why did Grumpy think that leaving Storybrooke would have an effect on them? Well, I don't think that he necessarily thought it would have an effect, but it was more about knowing that for all these years, no one could leave so he wanted to test what would happen now. So to figure out, was that still in effect? Or did the curse breaking mean that they can now come and go as they please? The dwarves were loyal to Snow White. In a lot of ways, she hired them. They were her royal guard, as we saw in last year's pilot. And so now that she's gone, Leroy, who is really grumpy, wants to show the prince that they're still useful and they can be helpful to him. And I think there's a renewed sense of purpose now that they're the dwarves. And this is the mission that they took upon themselves. I think they're trying to be heroic in their own way. I think Sneezy had a good idea. They should have nudged a turtle over the line. Yes. If only there had been a turtle. If there only had been a turtle and they could have figured out if the turtle remembered his cursed self or his real self. So what power did a please from Mr. Gold have on Regina? Well, as we saw last year when he was making the deal and acting the curse in episode 102, he said basically he put in their deal, anytime I say the word please, you have to do what I want. And she said, fine. So we saw a lot of that last year when she would want to have a discussion with him and he'd say, please, and she'd leave. So this year, now that the curse is broken, we see it no longer has an effect. So Gold and Regina are now back on equal footing, so to speak, or well, we'll see who the stronger one is. It's interesting that Rumpel led the young queen to her powers only to be devastated by how she used them later. Why did Rumpel empower the queen? Well, here's the thing. He clearly has a past history with Regina's mom, who we've hinted at as the Miller's daughter. So whatever their story is, we feel that Rumpel does not like her and feels like he needs to get revenge on her. But I have a feeling that, as we saw last year, he said he created the curse, and we knew the price somebody had to pay to do it. In a lot of ways, it's kind of like he is getting her hooked on magic and leading her down a dark path because he feels her power, but Rumpel looks at people and what they can do for him. And here he's seen somebody who can do a lot for him. And I think that's kind of some of the things we're going to explore this season, which is, you know, why did Rumpel train Regina and why did he need her to go on this dark path? I mean, as he says to her, someday you're going to do something for me. And as we have already seen that, He, uh, for some reason, wanted this curse cast, and now it has come to pass. And those motivations and the reasoning behind that is stuff that we're going to delve into pretty soon. I'd like to think that Rumpel isn't always after what he can get out of it, though. Mm -hmm. I feel Mm -hmm. like he does want to see good things happen. I think Rumpel is interesting in that way. I do think when you see him with Prince Charming, he's a fan of love. Bobby once said something to me, Robert Carlyle, he said sometimes when he's in a scene with Charming, he thinks, you know, I'd like to be that guy. And I think that's a very interesting and really deep comment about Rumpelstiltskin, who we heard last year say, because I can't be loved. And so I think he does respect goodness. I think he does respect love. I think he is a man who carries a lot of regret, but he is also a great strategist. In the scene between Charming and Mr. Gold in his shop, Mr. Gold asks for peace from Charming as he describes it 
a non-interference guarantee. Why would he need that from Charming? Well, exactly. Why would he need it? I mean, what we're saying there is there is something that Mr. Gold Rumpel needs to do, wants to do, and he doesn't want anyone in his way. So he is looking at this as opportunity, an opportunity to allow himself the freedom to do the things he needs to do. He clearly brought magic back, so he's clearly up to something. So whatever he's up to, he doesn't need the police in his way. It doesn't seem like he would have policed him anyway. But he's got to make a deal, and I think in the same respect, what Charming's looking for is, I'm going to be trying to get my wife and daughter back, and I don't need you standing in the way of that. At the town border, when Charming is delivering his very moving speech, he says, David not only reminds me of who I lost, but of who I want to be. And he goes on to say, we are both, which is a very powerful statement. Well, I think in that moment, what he realizes is David had a lot of faults and a lot of weaknesses. And a lot of people last year were like, I don't understand what's wrong with him. Well, what's wrong with him is he was human. And humans make mistakes. And we are so used to charming, never making mistakes and always doing the right thing and always being virtuous. So that when we saw him last year and he lied to Mary Margaret, he lied because he was trying to not make two women upset, which is a very real thing, but it ended up blowing up in his face. And I think that he didn't back Mary Margaret when she was presumed guilty for the killing of Catherine. And I think he looks back at David and he looks at him as a little weaker and he looks at him as a man who made wrong choices. And it reminds him of Charming and who he was and what he stood for. And so that it made who he was, now that he got it back, almost like a present. It reminded him how grateful he should be for all the things that he has lost and now has back and that he's fighting for. And I think in a lot of ways you see that with Leroy. We know that Grumpy was once dreamy but we know that Leroy had it really tough in Storybrooke because he was kind of the town drunk. He was kind of the town jerk and no one really liked him and he didn't have a lot of friends and he never kind of got to accomplish the things he set out to do. And I think now that he's back to being grumpy, he realizes I may have been dreamy and I may have been grumpy, but I did rise to a point where I was helping out the king and queen and I was in the inner circle and now we get to be dwarves again and I missed my brothers. And I think you're seeing a lot of people getting to reclaim who they once were and the things inside them they loved. But that said, those things happened and he did them and they're a part of himself now and he can't reject that. And it's a mistake to take 28 years of your life and to say that that never happened. So all the mistakes and the problems and the things that David did and that he may not have liked were, yes, they were influenced by the curse. That was part of him as well. And he has to acknowledge that and grow from that and realize that's a part of him. And everyone in the town, their cursed lives don't just disappear. Those experiences were real. Those things that they did were real. And in many ways, they're more real than their old lives because they're fresher. They're more recent. And those are the things that they have to reconcile, which is that, yes, I was this person in fairy tale land, but then for 28 years, I was this other cursed person. And all the things that happened there may not have been happening the way I wanted them to happen, but there are consequences to them and there's a reality to them that make them this new person, which is now moving forward. It's a very brave statement to own all of your mistakes from the past. And at one point we focus on Ruby. Mm -hmm. And I feel especially for her, it was poignant. She seems to have come into her own in these past couple of episodes. 
She's this stronger, centered, even more balanced person. Yeah, you know, I think Ruby's a character that we're really excited for. We have a really fun episode coming up for her where we get to see, you know, what happened after she had to leave her village and she killed her boyfriend. And I think that the curse made her insecure, as we saw last year, and it made her doubt herself and it made her do some foolish things. And now she's remembered who she is. And if there is anybody who can understand being both, it's somebody that was both wolf and human. Really, you're going to see a lot more strength to Ruby and a lot more, you know, you're going to see what makes her tick this year that we're excited for. And at the beginning of the episode, we see Pinocchio blink. But when Geppetto looks for him at the end of the episode, he's gone. Why didn't Pinocchio look for Geppetto? That is a great question. The question is, why didn't he want to see his father? And is it because he has an agenda? Is it because he's ashamed? So I think that's kind of one of the mysteries we have starting the new season. Yeah, I mean, we see that after the curse broke, he was still wood. And the unfortunate thing for him, apparently, is that he turned completely to wood before the curse broke. So that's what he was, and now, when he blinks, we realize, you know, he's alive and something's going on with him. We saw in his episode last year, the Blue Fairy said, as long as you're brave, unselfish, and true, you can be a real boy. And he is no longer a real man. So perhaps his task that he was meant to do, he came to it too late, and now he's paying the price for it. I feel like he was brave last year, though. Well, he was brave, sure, but, you know, he also abandoned Emma. And he abandoned the mission, and he went off to Phuket to have fun, so... Why that happened and what happened to him is the thing that we intend to get to. Yes. To show you is not the last we will be seeing of our Pinocchio character. We talked about Henry earlier. For me, he's one of the most pure-hearted characters. It's very sweet when he says to Charming, in the book, things always look worse right before there's good news. And it seems like really good advice, especially when you think of what he goes through with Regina in this episode. Well, he's a hero. And in that moment, he realizes things just got dark. And for the good of the town, he's willing to sacrifice himself and go home with his mom. And he's upset and he's trying to figure out a way out, which backfires on him. And what's interesting is he reminds his mother the lesson that she tried to give her mom. And I think that is is that scene when Henry is basically talking to her and f saying that he's a prisoner and she realizes she has become the one thing she never wanted to be, her mom, enables her to put the magic down at the end. But as we see, instead of destroying the book, she can just put it down. There's a song lyric, um, I can't quit you, so I have to put you down for a while. And I think that's what Regina's thinking for magic. Regina does have an epiphany right there in that moment when she sees, as you say, a reflection of mm -hmm. her mother. Does she want to drop everything for the redemption? Yeah. Like she says, she wants to redeem herself. I believe she really does. I think she realizes her son didn't want her to die, which means that there's a part of Henry that obviously loves her. And that is a part that she can either extinguish or she can change. And I think that her mom never let her be who she wanted to be. To me, when we were talking about this episode, and the most poignant moment was when Henry says, you know, you made me feel like I was crazy. And I think in that moment, when Regina realizes the psychological effect she had on her son, she, in her mind, was, I'm just covering for the curse. But she made her son feel different, and in a lot of ways, the way her mom made her feel. And I think that's what really got through to her. That was actually heartbreaking when yeah. Henry says that. Mr. Gold, towards the end, is devastated that he can't leave Storybrooke. 
But if he always knew who he was before the curse was broken, why is he afraid to leave? He didn't always know who he was before the curse was broken. It was when Emma arrived in the pilot and said her name that he started to know. And what he's discovered is an unexpected effect of the curse. And the prize now is that if you leave, you forget who you are and you're stuck with your cursed self. And he knows that if he crosses that line, he is stuck with the Mr. Gold self who doesn't know anything about why Rumpelstiltskin cast the curse or why Rumpelstiltskin caused the queen to cast the curse and whatever his agenda is will be lost. So do I fail the super fan no. test? No. Do you think a lot of people would have picked up on that? It's a complicated show. <laughs> We've never said it out loud. It's chilling to see Cora come out of the shadows. Yes. How did she get back through the looking glass, assuming that it was a looking glass? Well, I mean, this this is a very, very interesting exactly question. Exactly, how? Cora was sent somewhere by Regina through that looking glass, and now in the present day fairy tale land, she has found her way back. How did she get there? Where was she before then? And why wasn't she brought in the curse? Yeah, why didn't she come over in the curse? And how are there still those people there? I mean, these are the questions we're planning to explore in the coming weeks, and we're you know very excited about showing you some of the answers to these questions. And we have a couple of questions from our Facebook fans. Joanne Blackburn Hendrickson asks, this is the only show that she's bought DVDs for, just so she could watch the series over and over again. Thank you. Her question is about episode five, the one about Jiminy Cricket and the mine. Regina picked up an object which she later then dropped down the shaft. What did she drop? It was a shard of glass from the glass coffin and that when the mine explosion happened, some things came up. And when she found that, that was her realizing that stuff had come over from fairytale land. And it's a great question in conjunction with what we were just talking about, because as we said, she made Henry feel crazy. If you remember that episode, Henry says, there's something down there. And everybody's like, Henry, you're going to get yourself killed. Well, had he kept digging, he would have found the glass coffin from Snow White that would have proved everything. And if they looked a little harder, they might have seen a dragon. Jason Escamilla asks, how did Henry know that everyone in Storybrooke was a fairy tale character? Well, when he was given the book, that was one of the things he believed was that everybody was transported here from the curse and that they were all characters from this book. And, you know, how did he know for sure? He didn't. Not until he took that sleeping curse and he woke up and in the beginning, and then the curse broke, and everyone at the end of last year admitted who they were. But he believed it. He had faith. And his faith was proven to be well-placed. Can you give the special podcast fans a teaser for next week? Well, you know, I think this week we obviously showed you what happened in Storybrooke. There was a lot of what do we do now that we felt was important to get to. But the one thing throughout it, and then we were reminded at the end is, well, what the heck is happening over in present day fairy tale land? What is happening over there? And what does it mean that Cora's back? And I think next week, we are excited to say you're gonna get a big dose of what's happening over yeah, there. We really dig into the present day fairy tale land and what the aftermath of the curse is like in that world. And we're gonna meet a new character that we're very excited about, Lancelot. Eddie and Adam, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, thank you all for uh, listening. Yes, and your great questions. And if you'd like to be a part of our next session, please add your question to our podcast post on the Once Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash onceabc. Please join us again next week and tune in to Once Upon a Time, Sundays 8, 7 central on ABC and available the following day at abc.com. Thank you so much for listening. Mm -hmm.